which I have started too late because like since I started doing the back like doing a backup recording of everything, we haven't had any actual issues with the main recording. But we've had many before I started doing that. It, it will be the one week that you forget that yeah, like everything 100%. will get its up. So all right, I'm gonna sync it up again. So I'll do three, two, one, and then on go clap, please. And can you clap like mm-hmm. closer to the mic? Okay, three, two, one, go. Okay, that might that have been well? perfect. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, everyone go watch um, uh, Memories of Murder. Oh, also go watch The Host, also made by him. Um, good movie. Uh, that one's like the big water creature lake monster thing that like is terrorizing the city. And then like, man, that's a good movie. Anyway. Um, how's everyone doing? Pretty yeah. good. Just yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I just doing. finished work, so I've had I've had too many video games today. Okay. But let's discuss another one. But I like this video game we're talking yeah. about a whole lot, so I'm very happy. Do you like this one? And the other ones were bad. Um, Every other video game is bad. That's well. The okay. So um, welcome everyone to Game Busters. This is a podcast from GameLuster.com. Um, if you do here, what we do each week is dive into a game or a franchise that we love, or we just want to chill for um so i really want everyone to just chillax for a minute um reed you have a drink in your hand of any kind i have i have some water so i'm sorted close enough uh ryan and i both have hard ciders for some reason um i respect that uh because it is it is a, a humid saturday afternoon here um but um yeah so i'm nirav and i am your host as always and i'm joined by my lovely co-host reed Hey, howdy. And our guest today is Ryan from the land of Spira, is that correct? Uh, that is exactly <laughs> correct, yes. Okay. Um, so yeah, let's just uh, jump into what, what we're uh, playing this week. Um, Ryan, why don't you kick us off? What have you been playing lately? Well, I just finished the HD remaster of Skyward Sword like, hey. a few days Ooh. ago, shortly after Chelsea, of course. You played the old one too, yes. Uh, yes, but I never beat the last boss. I was about the same as you. Like, I got two, maybe I got, like, two-thirds of the way through the old one on the Wii. Um, but, um, yeah, how did you feel, like, just overall, one sentence, how do you feel like it compared to the older one? Uh, 20, 100 times better. I agree. <laughs> Ooh, okay. That's selling it. That is selling it. Yeah, 20... Like, the but I'm, I'm actually really shocked at how well the button control thing works, like, with the right stick. Like it, it feels yeah. pretty good to use actually. Um, cool. You got anything? Uh, anything else you've been playing? Nah. Nah. Um. Okay. And you and you did what? And you would like to give a, a movie recommendation to everybody? Yes. Oh yeah. Well, I I think it's been out for a while, but I just saw The Wailing, a Korean horror movie, and it is very very good. Um. Okay. So. Um. Let's see, Re, what you what have you been playing? How's Mass Effect been treating you? I actually haven't, because um, I'm still in Ireland. I've been here oh, from Monday, will it be two? No, it'll be three weeks on Monday. So I've been here a while. Um, and the only console I've taken with me is a Switch. I've also got my laptops. So I've got a few games on there. Um, so I've been playing non-stop Pokemon Unite. Um, oh! <laughs> yeah, it's... it's I, I love the gameplay. I absolutely adore the gameplay. I hate the microtransactions. They are very egregious, very bad. Um, 
not sure where I, I sit on the whole like pay to win argument. I, I can definitely see the argument. I mean, like if you spend money, you can upgrade items. So yeah. I, I suppose in that sense, it definitely is. Um, I don't feel like it's disadvantaged me too much, but like this is a kid's game and I'm, I'm playing against little tiny children. So not that I would let a child play this. It's so bad for microtransactions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as for gameplay wise, this is so solid. I would easily have played like a premium amount just for the game if it meant like not having yeah. three different micro currencies. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm having a blast of it. I, I really do recommend it if you're not someone who kind of gets like suckered into spending your life savings yeah. <laughs> on 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 loot. Um, I've got Skyward Sword um, HD waiting for me at home still, so I'm gonna start that on probably Wednesday as soon as I'm back. Um, I'm really annoyed I didn't get here sooner before I left, but oh well. Um, I've just been watching a bunch of movies with my boyfriend as well. We're, <laughs> we're getting through the original Spider-Man trilogy. That's been fun. Um, Did you get to Spider-Man know, 3? What... No, yeah. we're, that's the next one. Okay, I really need be... to see how the like the dance thing holds up. Many... I've got to say, the, the first one holds up really well. Second one was actually a bit disappointing to go back to. Really? Oh, um, I remember the second one being yes. really good from like when I was a so kid. So do I. It was, it was my favorite one. Yeah. I think it's mainly because like Mary Jane and Peter should not be together. They're, they're both incredibly toxic, and I never realized that as a tiny baby. <laughs> so... <laughs> Like she's she dead ass like gets in, get, she gets engaged to someone just to make him jealous. Like, don't do that. That's bad. That's true. Don't That's do a that. Bad thing to do. Also, the best That's iteration of week. Peter and Mary Jane has definitely been the PS4 game. Yeah, like one hundred percent. The the only reason you would like these two is nostalgia, and yeah. I now see that. <laughs> um. Okay. Nice. Uh. Ryan and I played like a few matches of Pokemon Unite the other night. Actually. Yes. Uh, have you played any since? How are you then? feeling? No, I haven't played any since then. I, I did briefly think about it, and I might... I, I think I will without you, but mostly it'll probably be like, hey, Ryan, come on. I can. I'm, I might play some tonight if you're down. Um, yeah, maybe later. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Hunter is coming over shortly, Nira, but... As the Nintendo shill. Yeah, shill as, as Mr. Nintendo himself. Um, yeah, I've, I've probably put in, I want to say like five, six hours. Um, and... I, I really like it. I, I think I'm pretty much with you. Like, I think the gameplay is pretty good. It's fun. And it, just watching any Pokemon do like a, a, like a pose and then dunk a basketball is like good. It like releases so the good. good chemicals in the brain. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, that is good. I think the, I think the microtransaction shit is like pretty bad because like I've kind of was like looking at somebody describing it like, and it's like, they, they kind of are tricking you into like, buying one micro currency with another currency and then that second currency can be used for like upgrading stuff but like the first one is the one that you buy and so like your brain doesn't connect basically that you are paying to upgrade stuff in the game um yeah for sure it's like definitely scummy um i mean it is made by 10 cent and i think they have historically been pretty <laughs> good pretty good at uh doing micro transactions so um I I, I don't know if maybe I'm uh, a little different from most gamers in that I I play just ton. I've downloaded hundreds of different mobile games and I play them all the time when I'm laying in bed. But I I mean I'm this is just like another mobile game, but it's maybe less bad because it it doesn't have ads all the time that interrupt the game. I guess that's true. I mean, so like for for me, this I don't know. This is like a normal gaming experience almost, but without ads. 
It is. It is interesting. I mean, like, it is one thing. Like, this is this is like the mobile version's not coming out for another few weeks. But like, this is a mobile game that is just also being released on the Switch. Like, yeah, it's yeah, one hundred percent. Um, but yeah, like, I think once the the player base gets like ten times bigger, once they add like the the mobile, and it's gonna have apparently like seamless crossplay and cross progression. So you can like, you know, your account will be the same on your phone and on Switch, and it'll automatically put everyone in the same pool, kind of a thing. Um, oh yeah. nice so you can play it without joy con drift that's gonna be real fun that's gonna be a game changer <laughs> can use your xbox controller to play stick it to doug uh he's gonna hate it <laughs> i um, play it on my switch Lite. thank you very much yes oh that's true if you because can the switch Lite get joy con drift that seems like it would be it very can. bad it can oh my yeah God. oh that hasn't happened yet <laughs> it seems like it would be oh, bad good it's so bad because yeah you can't even swap it out well i have two different joy cons both of them got joy on drift so i've given up at this point Aww. i just accept it as a way of life i have had a i had a fun story because i actually my first set of joy cons that came with my original switch that i got back in 2017 um one of them did start drifting but a few a few days later i was like gesturing loudly while talking about pokemon <laughs> and my switch <laughs> flew out of my hand and landed oh, on that no. joy con and it smacked it back into working correctly <laughs> I do not ad- I do not advise doing this I, ha- I have to believe I hit like the one percentage degree <laughs> angle that could have fixed it <laughs> like do not do this at home yeah but I've got nothing left to lose at this point I'm trying <laughs> actually another game I'm playing right now is Final Fantasy 8 on Switch just since I just wanted something else to play while um, I'm here um, don't recommend it not, I'm not having a fun time of it oh, <laughs> um, but, isn't that the remaster but, right on the Switch yeah, it's a remaster. Um, I think I was expecting, like, because it, it, graphically it's quite similar to Final Fantasy VII. Uh-huh. Of course, like, released around the same time. So I was like, okay, how can they, they can't balls up that much. Um, I'm sure if I play it more, I'll, I'll get into it. But, like, Final Fantasy VII, you get, like, drops straight into the action. You start on that bombing mission. Yeah. Um, you're, like, some... seamlessly taught, like, how to play the game. Final Fantasy VIII, you open in a high school with, like, walls of text that you have to read to understand what's going on in the game. And it's, I'm not feeling it. It's getting a bit better. Uh, but, yeah, playing well, that with I... Joy-Con Drift is a nightmare. Yeah, that checks out. Um, wow, that's very fun. I, um, <laughs> my Skyward Sword Joy-Cons, on the other hand, still doing okay. I'm looking at them right hey. now. Hey! I, I just used the Pro the... Controller. Yeah, I got a Smash controller, but mm-hmm. it's like bright pink, and I like that. Ooh. But that's only when I can Ooh. I can steal the TV. So yeah, I use the Pro oh. controller whenever I'm sitting down, but at my TV. But like I I like having the Skyward Sword Joy Cons because I also have like the Zelda Switch stuff that came with the of course you like, do the special edition yeah, that I got do. that Reggie Fisame hand delivered to me. Um, no one's surprised to be here. I, I may have mentioned this, but I went and get I got a Switch on like release date uh at target by showing up there at 3 a.m and like waiting outside and i was i was the third one in line too i was like some people were real serious huh um but um that by the way shout out to this is not an advertisement shout out to target because they had foreseen this and they actually set up like a like porta potty outside of the target (laughs) and they also set up a table with like um with like uh somebody showed up at like 5 a.m and like set up a whole thing with like coffee and like um you know like cups and all that stuff for everybody and 
that was like that was like this is nice, and I got to know some. Was nice there people. enough of you to justify that? Was was there really um, enough people? So there were they they like they were actually also pretty good about this. Like when the employees got there at like five o'clock or whatever, they're like, "Hey, we have, um, we have seventeen switches here, just to let everyone know." So like the number of people, anyone who shows up after the seventeenth person, like they gave us all a ticket. They're like, just tell them to go home. Um. Uh, okay, that was pretty good. Yeah, um, that is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that was nice. So um. Uh, but I did go in, and I was able to get one of the three, um, like, deluxe edition Zeldas, which they only sold on opening day, and they only made, like, a certain number of that came with the, the cool case and everything that I have. Um, if you've seen that, um, kind of, like, uh, le- leather-looking, like, Sheikah Slate case, that's the only way to mm-hmm. have gotten it, was to get it that day. Um But, yeah, it came with some other Zelda stuff for my Switch, and it's all decked out. Like, I have, like, a screen um screen cover and like us like all this decorations like on the actual dock and everything to make it look like a Sheikah slate thing um it's fun anyway that was what, what were we talking about oh some video games <laughs> um, <laughs> i you just, uh, like naturally starts chilling for nintendo again yeah it's weird i like always fall back into it um i finished uh, I, I was just reminded that i've i have been playing uh on an emulator final fantasy fact uh, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance 2. Okay, that, that, how's every, that been? Every fucking it's time I good. think I know all the Final Fantasies, they add a new <laughs> fucking one. Well, no, I, 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 I sent a big message the other day about this, because, you know, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, I have played m- more than Final Fantasy X, which is shocking. Uh, oh, and wow. I've played it, I don't know, a bunch of times. I don't like it more than Final Fantasy X, but then again, if I like a game more i'm less likely to replay it to like i don't know ruin it or something i think i get what you mean yeah like yeah. i've only done one play for a 10 and it, it has such a special place in my heart I, I tried to play 10 again with chelsea because i wanted her to really like it and then uh i could tell that she wasn't enjoying it that much or wasn't oh, paying that that painful. much attention and i just stopped oh. i was like no no, no I, I can't do this i'm, I'm gonna forget no. about uh, yeah. this i'm gonna block it out <laughs> Um, uh, I guess just to finish up, um, oh, I finished Bowser's Fury this week. That was what I was playing, um, cause I only kind of dipped into it when it came out. Um, it was really good. I enjoyed it. Um, I think it got a little repetitive, but like it was about five, six hours long. That was the right length. And, um, open world Mario works. I, I, this is very much a tech demo for the next Mario game, which is going to be open world. <laughs> I 100% guarantee it. Um, yeah, probably. the idea, I mean, I, I don't know if either of y'all have played Bowser's Fury. Have you? No, no, um, no. It, the concept works. Like, I'm very, very shocked that they were able to get Mario to work in, an, like, a completely open world setting. Because, um, like, it, you always think of those, like, fucking Unreal Engine demos where, like, Mario's running next to a real deer. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, like, Nintendo hired this man. Um, yeah. Man, I just remember <laughs> when they just, like, showed, like, the, the, the top comment on the... Um, uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus trailer when it came out was like, wow, Nintendo hired that man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Bowser's Fury was good, so I'm, I'm excited. I'm assuming the next Mario game is probably going to come out next year, um, so uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what that looks like. Um, and then I jumped back into AI the Somnium Files last night because uh, uh, I finished one route of it and then um, one of the main characters died in that route, and I got extremely sad, and I didn't want to play the game anymore. <laughs> and that was, I looked, 
as I okay, this is just a testament to like how the pandemic has like destroyed our concept of time. Like, I thought that this game, I thought that I had been playing this game like two or three months ago at the most, and I looked at it, and the last save file was from May thirtieth, twenty twenty. Wow! Oh wow! <laughs> and I was like, no, this this game just came out. And then I looked and it came out like November 2019 and I had like pre-ordered it and got it on release day and everything. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Oh my God. Um, that game, by the way, is the um, uh, from the creator of Zero Escape, uh, Kotaro Uchikoshi, who is my friend on Facebook. I use any any opportunity I can to remind people of that. Um, <laughs> I uh, would, to be honest. Um no, but he after he finished the Zero Escape uh, series, he um, did this game, and then uh, the, so the studio is Spike Chunsoft, which you know also they made they're famous for making both Zero Escape and Danganronpa. Um, they definitely know what they're about over there, which is killing children. And <laughs> um, the two uh, directors, um, Uchikoshi, and then I cannot remember the director of Danganronpa's name, but they both left Spike Chunsoft um, about three years ago. Um, right or two years ago, like right after this game released, um, and they formed their own studio, which um, just made that game World's End Club, which came out on Switch and like flopped very badly. <laughs> um, I don't know mm. if anyone's seen anything about that, but um, the reason I mention this is because um, they announced like about two weeks ago or so that Uchikoshi is actually like as a um, as a, a consultant coming back to create, uh, to direct um, a sequel to AI, The Somnium Files, um, even though he doesn't work there anymore, um, and and because uh, they own that IP over there. So I'm very excited for that, and um, after, the reason I jumped back into this is because I saw they were doing a sequel, and I was like, well, I need to get on this and like actually finish it, because it's extremely good. Um, anyway, um, if you like Zero Escape, absolutely play this. It's very good. Anyway, I, I'm, I've been screaming for a long time. Look, we have to... <laughs> I've been trying to put this off um, for, um, mm -hmm. I'm checking my watch, about a year now. Um, but it's we inevitable. Are... You right. couldn't fight this. I am inevitable. Um, That's what I was getting at, but I'm, I'm too weary. I'm too tired. Too tired to do the Thanos voice? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be talking about Final Fantasy X today. Um, and uh, I just briefly... I'm just going to say this quickly, like just to familiarize people. Um, it was released in 2001 uh, for PS2 originally and uh, was re-released in an HD remaster for PS3 and the PS Vita in 2013. So you may have played it in any of those places um, and then re-released again for PS4 in 2015 and then again for uh, PC in 2016 and then again for Switch in 2019 and then again for Xbox. So... <laughs> Um, oh, it's my mission to own all of them. I yes. Own it You're going to collect them all like, and make them like your Infinity wow. Gauntlet of <laughs> Final <laughs> Fantasy Tens. Right now, I've, I haven't. I've, I played it on PS3. I, I own it on PS2 as well. Um, I, I have toyed with the idea of getting on Switch. I almost got it on Switch for this trip. Um, but I was like, no, Rhiannon, you need to play a new video game. <laughs> you don't play many of them. Um, I also said that, that to myself, but uh, I spent the last week every night just downloading mods for skyrim <laughs> to play again you did do that yeah actually ryan was there for some of that yeah. i, I yeah. Well, you, we had to help you find a unicorn yeah i i had to make a new unicorn because i couldn't find the one that we put in the game um i really hope that one day you, todd howard loosens his grip on you and you can be free 
I I I was wishing for that, but I think freedom is the concept of the freedom is is scary. I kind of like I kind of like being but trapped here. I feel safe. Oh god. <laughs> um, oh no. Yeah. Um, it's a real beauty in the beast situation. So, um, quickly. I've so, got that image in my head now. <laughs> yeah. Um, Re, if you want to go first, tell me about like your I guess personal experience and why this is one of your favorite games of all time. Quickly, just like like quick i guess oh oh god where do i even begin um so i played this for the first time uh, a long time after its release i blick concept of time is gone i think i started playing it in 2019 and finished in 2020 um and it just it, it took me a, a while to get into um i just I, I don't know i don't play many jrpgs i just had this perception that, like i, I can never really like relate to them um especially like older ones where the translation might not be great um but then there was uh, i think i was like five hours in and then like suddenly there's this scene that just really hit me hard and i was like i'm gonna adore this game i know i'm going to and then from that point i was just like captivated by every cutscene. um i, I, I <laughs> there's like no aspect of this game apart from maybe blitzball i don't like completely adore um i love the characters i love the voice acting i love the writing i i just yeah great game um got that easily one of the best soundtracks of any game i've ever played um i listen to it frequently and cry a lot um i i don't think i've ever cried more at a game ending as well um i remember finishing it like super late at night because i was stuck on the final boss for so long and i was just like this sobbing mess and then like my siblings walked in and to see if i was okay and i was like go away and i just cried a lot and it was great there you go. That's my experience of okay, cool. Oh, and I'm currently boy bullying my boyfriend into playing it, um, and he's loving it as well. So that's good. Is he loving it, yeah. or does he love you? Uh, that the jury's still out on that. He actually did learn to play uh, Tizanakind on piano, so I think he's like. Hey. Oh my god, that's a <laughs> yeah. great transition over to Ryan. <laughs> um, if you, so, so Ryan, why why do you count this among your all time favorites? Uh, well, I, I, I think um, that this is, I can draw a line from, like, me being a Dungeon Master right now in Dungeons Dragons for, like, you and a bunch of our friends to this game specifically. Like, the, the ideas in it are so great, and the characters are so genuine and believable, and they they act real to me much, much, much more than most other Final Fantasy games specifically, and games in general beyond that, of course. Um, I, I I don't know, I played it all the time. I think I played it first in probably 2005, is when I had it on the PS2, and um, I was just captivated. And I, I, I think that I, I probably had pretty much finished the game at like 70 hours, and I just spent like another 30 hours walking around in the game and going back and reloading saves and watching the cutscenes in the building that you can go to to like rewatch your memories or whatever. And I, I playing Blitzball. I only got into Blitzball after the game was over because it was something to do in the game. Uh, I just, I just never wanted to stop playing. I'm it. just imagining and, um, the the blitz ball with like the meme, like you must be truly desperate to come to me for help. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. But I, so I, true. there, there's this video that I have posted a YouTube link for these fellows here uh, from 2007 of me playing Tuzanerkind in my uh, living room. Oh. 
and uh <laughs> it's the second edition of that I, video I, I i it is well apparently yeah i must have re-uploaded it but um the uh, apparently i told my mother that uh i wanted my firstborn son's name to be titus at one point oh boy <laughs> That's actually really sweet, though. I love that. But the thing is, isn't it, isn't it pronounced Titus? That's the one. I I, I don't know. I don't know. I think like, cause, like the official pronunciation, I think, is Titus. But like, it looks like it should be Titus, and obviously, it makes sense. That's what I always said. Association with water as well. It would make sense. So, um, apparently, uh, hmm, I'm looking it up. Yeah, appar- it apparently it is. Though. It is apparently Titus. Yeah, the the English voice actor also has confirmed that. Uh, oh, yeah, Titus. No, oh, I, it's I... it's because Titus means in in the Okinawan dialect of Japanese, Titus means sun, like how Yuna means moon. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So that's yeah. yeah. No, I I'm completely with you on the, like. Oh my god, I I love these characters so much and like being captivated by them i can remember like as soon as i played it i was, I was like the opposite i was like i'm gonna name my daughter yuna <laughs> like i'm convinced <laughs> now um I, I do love the name but like ryan if you ever need it if you ever a strong middle name if another pet ever wanders into your house like that could be it that could be titus <laughs> that's a good point actually yeah um even though you've already, yeah even though you're already running like an actual zoo <laughs> um, uh, we do have a leia a han a chewy and a Frodo now. Oh, I love that. All right, so let's uh, let's get into it. So this game, um, first of all, was um, it's set in this world of Spira, um, which was um, for the first time ever not based on Europe in Final Fantasy history. This um, this world is actually set in a Pacific island um, based on uh, some you know several different Pacific island cultures as well as Thailand. So um, I think that's pretty neat. Um, they they were very eager i saw to um to get out of the um hole i guess they had dug with everything being based on medieval europe fantasy so um yeah that was like a pretty big jump i like that um so um you start you play as a, as titus who is the star um athlete in blitzball which is a real sport that humans play um, <laughs> if they could hold their breath for like ten minutes at a time, right. they, would, they would indeed play it. Yeah. So yeah, let's uh, let's just get into the development here. So they started working on it in 1999, which was 500 years ago, I think, um, with a uh, with a budget of uh, 32 million dollars um, back then. So that translates to 50 million now. So like it was a good chunk of change uh, for a, a Japanese game for sure back then. Um, and they had a team of 100 people, which, again, in 1999 was a little unusual, you know, except for the biggest games in the industry. Not that many people were working on video games. Um, but um, this also was the, um, uh, interestingly, the first uh, Final Fantasy that was not scored by Nobuo Uemetsu. Um, so um, he, he did it. He came in to work on a few songs, but it was. Yeah, uh, he, he did write to Xanarkin. OK, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I, I know I put him as one of my heroes in middle school. Oh my god. Oh, I love this. Um, so it is actually on almost every... I did not realize the love for this extended so far past, I guess, you two <laughs> in my life. But um, yeah, this this game has been listed on nearly every best video games of all time list um, that yeah. you can find. Uh, it is very universally beloved. And I think maybe short of final fantasy 7 is probably the most beloved in the franchise i would say 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think in Japan, actually, in a lot of the polls I've seen, it's actually higher than, like, seven second and then ten is first. I know it's, like, insanely popular. Interesting. Um, so, uh, this was executive produced by Hironobu Sakaguchi, who, you know, of course, is the creator of Final Fantasy. Um, we always love talking about that, um, the, the first Final Fantasy, which was... Um, uh, originally titled Fighting Fantasy while he was working on it, and then he decided to leave the games industry because video games suck. And I respect uh, that. Yeah, I was reading about this actually because I got kind of I fell into a, a, a Final Fantasy hole while reading about this, and um, he actually had gone to. Um, he was pretty young at the time. He had made three or four games that had not been successful. They had all been. Um, they'd been like you know critically warmly received but like all commercial failures and so he was like maybe this isn't the right industry and he actually had applied to go back to um grad school and get a a different degree and leave the games industry and so he titled this um you know fighting fantasy at the last minute they decided to title it uh, final fantasy and uh just because he decided this was the last game he would make and then um, of course, it did extremely well, and so he like decided to stay on and um, continued to executive produce the games for the next um, probably like close to twenty years uh, until he stepped out. Or not not twenty years. When did the first Final Fantasy come out? Was that eighty nine or something like that? I think it was. It was eight. I thought it was eighty seven. It might have been. Um, it was in the late eighties somewhere. But yeah. Um, and then in two thousand four, I believe he left Square Enix. But um, it, it was 87, but December of 87. Okay. Um, so, yeah, anyway, um, Sakaguchi, of course, like I said, the creator of Final Fantasy, continued to produce um, from a supervisory role. Um, he was not, like, you know, the actual director at this point. But um, he brought on the... <coughs> he brought on the director of... Uh, the director, Yoshinori uh, Kitase, who made Final Fantasy VI... Uh, Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy VII, uh, eight, and then you know, of course, ten. Um, and he was also the uh, the chief director for that, basically. So the the way that um, studios are divided up in Japan is not the same way they do it in the U.S. Um, or in the West at all. Like in in the West, like the director is like the person you know who like makes who like calls the shots and everything. Um, and the producer is usually somebody who's like trying to organize like the money and like the partnership programs and everything. Um, but it's kind of reversed. Like the produce in, in, in Japan, the producer has like the main role where they're actually working hands on and telling people what to do. And they're the creative person. And the director kind of has like more of a background role working with exterior partners and stuff. So just oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's just something to keep in mind as we talk about people's titles. But um, and that's only in the games industry, like, uh, the film, and of course the games industry is different than the film industry in that respect too, so what these titles mean. Um, but, um, an interesting approach that, um, at the, that they took, that Kitase took, he was kind of the head guy, was that he decided to divide the events, maps, and battles into three different teams under three different directors. Um... And so I think we talked about this sort of similar thing happen. Oh no, this is different. Do you remember Ree, we talked about with Final Fantasy thirteen that like they had divided each section of the game into a completely oh. different game made by a different team? <laughs> I guess I can see that, why they this did is, that because it, it they all sort of just 
doing what they did with ten, but more. And this thinking, this is less that insane. Will work. This seems less insane though. Like having yes, yeah. it does. Which is <laughs> and also like if you look at the finished product, to me like they all flow seamlessly. You Can know, you the, the combat's yeah. so solid, the story's so solid, the, like, oh, the, the visuals look really good. It's, yeah, I don't know how they were doing that Just, with like, teams. I guess a lot of communication. Imagine if you, like, worked on, on Pokemon, you're like, yeah, I did Pallet Town. Just that the one, though. <laughs> just, just that one. <laughs> just I, that yeah, one. I called it a day after that. Um, so, um, so these three directors, um, so the director of events was, uh, Motumo Toriyama, who had, who was, uh, eventually became the director for Final Fantasy X-2. <laughs> um. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And then has, uh, he also directed, and do you remember when I said, like, every time I think I've, I've heard of all the Final Fantasies, another 15 fucking ones show up. <laughs> There's Final Fantasy. Yeah. He also did Final Fantasy XII, Revenant Wings, Blood of Bahamut, Final Fantasy thirteen. 13-2, and 13-3, and then Mobius Final Fantasy? What the fuck is that? You're making half of these up. I'm convinced that, like, Final Fantasy fans just go on Wikipedia. I'm opening the Wikipedia article for Mobius Final Fantasy. It Final is Fantasy ten two has to be, like, the worst rated Final Fantasy, right? Um, I don't think it is the worst rated. I think, it's I think 13 like... 3 is probably the worst rated, yeah. I guess. I, um, I mean, even ten okay. two like, has its fans. It I does. Wish I, was one of them. I desperately <laughs> want. I, I wish that I. Liked we'll talk it about ten two near the end. Yeah. Um, so, by the way, uh, F- Mobius Final Fantasy is an episodic RPG developed by Square Enix for iOS, Android, and PC. It was in 2015. Um, the player controls the Warrior of Light, the Wall. Okay, a man who <laughs> wakes with amnesia in the world of Palamecia and must conquer the dark forces attacking its people. Um. That tracks. That's Final Fantasy. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, anyway, I every fucking time. Okay, so the maps director was um, Takayoshi Nakazato. Naka, Nakazato, I would guess. Um, and then um, the uh, if battles director, um, basically what we would call like a combat director, uh, was Toshiro Tsuchida, um, who would later go on to make... I shit you not, this is a real game, and I definitely had to check this one. <laughs> Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles colon My Life as a King. What? <laughs> that sounds like a like a visual novel. It was it like I just had to look. It's like is this like a, a movie or like what is it? No, it's a game. It was a WiiWare game. It was made only for the digital uh, e store on the Wii. Um, they wanted to make a high profile game, and then it basically is a city building game set in the world of Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. <laughs> But it also is chronologically the third game in that series. Oh, yeah, that tracks again. That's that's Final Fantasy for you. Yeah, um, and then there's a sorry, there's a sequel to this one that I would like to hey. t- that I would like to say. So th- this course. one is called this one's called My Life as a King. The second one is called Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles: My Life as a Dark Lord. <laughs> okay, and it is a tower defense game <laughs> made only for the Wii shop. Um, Okay. <laughs> Square Enix really just shits oh. these things out, huh? They do, and they, they can get away with it. They, they really can. You know, people always accuse them of, like, shitting out, like, uh, Sonic games. Like, absolutely not. Compared to this, like, are you kidding? Um, well, I guess it's because they occasionally Every once in a while, yeah, they get a good one. Yeah, which is... Yeah, whereas with Sonic, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Let's not get into that one. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to get into it. Um, so, um... 
the uh uh let's see here kazushige nojima um was brought on to write um do you know what he wrote he wrote he was the lead writer for super smash brothers brawl oh <laughs> okay yeah well that one actually had a story mode so there was some writing in it <laughs> the subspace emissary um and uh, they also brought on daisuke watanabe who wrote every single kingdom hearts story <laughs> Uh, (laughs) to write this one um and then the character design was of course done by tetsuya nomura as always um so uh, i also need to mention this uh do you guys know what the working title for this project was (laughs) which first of all why do you need a working title for this because it's just called final fantasy 10 yeah Yeah. i mean you're not really going to debate it too much are you um so there is a square enix companion book called final fantasy ultimania archive volume 3 which I'm sure both of you have. <laughs> wow. And the working title of this project was uh, like numerals 17 and then all caps written out 17. Well, I'm glad they went with 10 because that would have been mildly confusing considering this is the 10th installment. Would have been a real Fallout 76 situation. <laughs> it really would have been. I like, I remember I was like on a cruise ship when I got like, when I saw that tweet and I was like, like op- I like had woken up from a nap, and I was like, "How long was I out?" <laughs> um. Okay, so se- Final Fantasy seventeen seventeen's story was different uh, from the final version. Uh, when they wrote the original script, the um uh, the protagonist Titus was traveling the world seeking a cure for a pandemic that killed everybody when they reached the age of seventeen. <laughs> okay. Different That's game. Okay. Specific. Yeah, a little yeah, bit different. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they jump from one to the other. I'm I'm really fascinated right now. That's... Yeah, I'm 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 interested. Like, did they think that was? Uh, did they now? Did they realize this was a dumb idea for a game? <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, like th- this was of course a huge milestone for Final Fantasy because it was the first time they added f- like full voice acting. Uh, the first time they had 3D rendered environments and instead of just like a JPEG for a background. <laughs> um, so. Like it's it was like a big deal. Um, it was a there's huge level of detail in the cities too that they had never been able to do before just due to technical limitations, and it's um they kind of had to keep that like in mind. Like um, Kitase had talked about that like this was like a huge challenge because they were so used to developing to hardware limitations that like you know once they had the ability to draw like more realistically rendered worlds like you see in this game like they almost didn't know what to do. Like, they had to start thinking, like, okay, what would this place really look like? Um, But, um, yeah, Kitase also said that they were extremely eager to get out of the medieval European fantasy and were not eager to get back to it um, after this. Um, They really wanted to explore cultures from other parts of the world. Like I said, this is more based on uh, Pacific Islander and uh, a culture, and also specifically they cited Thailand. So... um, they they wanted to go for like a more Asian feel to it, you know. Um, so I, I don't know. What do you, what do you guys did? You guys get that vibe from it while playing it that this was like kind of a Pacific Islander kind of world. You really do. You like, really do, and certainly more from some some NPCs than others. Yeah, it's. I mean, it really goes all in on sort of the Pacific Islander feel. Of I mean, it. yeah, um, Waka is like just straight up there. <laughs> He's yeah, definitely uh, in it. And it's really good that they just, I guess they had that early on, because it really bleeds through to, like, everything. I mean, even Blitzball, you know, it was just a sport built around that whole idea. 
Um, yeah, I, I love the setting so much. It's absolutely gorgeous. Like, funny enough, it's like it's interesting. This is the one where they like we're gonna break away from uh, like medieval Europe because this is seen as I often see people cite and as like the game you should start on if you want to get into Final Fantasy because it's sort of the bridge between like the old and the new yeah and you yeah Mm. Uh, because you've got like the old turn-based combat but then you you know it's it's very user-friendly in terms of presentation and also the setting is uh, this is what i love about the game the the setting is i guess starts more like kind of i want to say medieval like the classical i guess and then gets quite futuristic towards the end and that's like reflected in the music like the music starts all classical and then you get like an electric guitar thrown in there at the end Oh, it's such a mm-hmm. good game. It flows so well. Nice. Um, do you actually? Uh, no, we'll talk about this at the end. Actually, so um, uh, one of the um, one of the costume or the 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 costume artist, I guess, is what uh, she was doing. Her name was Fumi Nakashima. Um, she was actually uh, she actually had the idea. And by the way, bless her heart for being a woman in Japanese game development in 1999. Um, y- you go, girl. But um, the um her her idea was basically to kind of separate um people or make it so that you could tell what um what uh like distinctive characteristics about each character just from their clothing but also in a way that uh when you met new characters you would immediately know information about them by what they were wearing um like sort of to create like a sense of culture like we said around different like subgroups like the masks and the goggles for the all bed kind of give the group like a cer- a specific appearance and that way when you see one during the game you kind of have a, a premise of what to expect from that person um and so um they she also cited that like ronso i don't know who ronso is he's not one of the main cast i guess oh but... no ronso is like a species oh okay of Ron- mm-hmm. okay yeah. So, um, yeah, like, the, the Ronso was, like, uh, supposed to be, like, attired to, like, immediately show you that they were enemies. Um, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, I never put Kamari in my, in my like, main party because he was mean to me. Oh, yeah, he, he like, straight up tries to kill Heaters at the beginning. And I, I, it took me a while to forgive him for that. Cause that's a yeah. Rude. He didn't really say sorry for it either. I just feel like, you know, that's something you should address rather than just ignore mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I liked him well enough. He just was probably my least used character. Um, can I tell you something that's going to ruin your life? Yeah, why not? Um, in the original, again, in the original draft of this version of the story, um, Titus was actually, uh, pr- his profession was that he was a plumber. I have heard this, and that's painful. Um, which I is like it's sort of a mario situation it's right? it's a little opposite from what they ended up on which is like sports superstar so yeah, they like they came up they came up with underwater sports at the beginning and then we're like what kind of person would be involved with underwater sports a plumber a plumber yeah naturally N- yeah naturally like totally um and then plumbers famously like set all of the diving records today <laughs> i've been watching the olympics i mean um so yeah like again they obviously at some point decided to make him like a, a blitzball athlete um to... at some point they decided to make the game good i guess is yeah. we could have had a really funny game about a, a pandemic being solved by a 17 year old plumber but nope taken really away um 
So, um, t- uh, Titus's relationship with his father and, like, the whole story of, like, sin and everything was all supposed to be, like, calling back to, like, uh, several, like, uh, Greek mythological legends, um, which I think uh, you, you can kind of see, like, how, like, oh, my, it's kind of like this whole, like, oh, my father's actually a demon, sorry, kind of thing. Um, whoops. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, I think the best thing about this game, to me anyway, is Tidus's relationship with his father, Jagged. Um, because, and this is this is when I think like fantasy games are at their best, when you have like all this deep lore and it looks really like... Oh, they love um, the deep like, lore. Impos- it looks like really imposing at first, but then like if you like whittle it down to its bare bones, the skeleton of this game is a coming-of-age story, essentially. And... Um, like everything's built on top of that so like it, even yeah. though there's like so much going on there's so much to remember it's still relatable throughout the entire game because you're just being guided for a story of um well both like Titus and you know having to like live in the shadows of their father and it's just it's mm-hmm. so well done yeah yeah um so also interesting note uh oran was actually written to be completely silent throughout the game um, and then oh, they decided at the wasn't last he, minute he wasn't he be supposed to, to be like uh, secretly jacked the whole time at one point. He I'm... was in one draft, yeah. Yeah. Um, Oran, like in particular, for a lot of drafts, like he was gonna be. The, the, oh god, there was like one where he's like meant to be a zombie or something. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would that would have been a bit totally weird, I guess. <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with a few rewrites, guys. Just you know throw like run it through a few people you know (laughs) um so um final fantasy 10 was also the first um game in the uh, final fantasy series and i believe at square enix to uh feature motion capture um so this was of course the early days of motion capture but um they did use that uh, for both facial and uh, skeletal uh, animations so they really um they really leaned into that and that's probably where a lot of the money went to be honest but uh, how how was the um like the the facial capture and, and motion rendering for this game for the characters? Uh, in the cutscenes, um, people will like kind of make jabs because they're all very animated. They they don't stand still for a, yeah. a split second when they're talking, especially when they're yeah. talking. That's... Their limbs are going everywhere. But like it, it's when you're in the when you're like completely sucked in it. Like, you don't care. You're just right. you're feeling. You know, like everyone yeah. makes fun of like the final cutscene all the time, but I I do not have the heart to laugh at it because it, it tears me up inside every. Time. I I have forced Chelsea to watch the final cutscene of this game. I don't know, like twenty eight times, <laughs> <laughs> with no context. <laughs> no, I, I I will I will sit there and I'll like I'm I'm, I'm, I'm you know that that meme with the dude at the sports. Oh yeah, yeah, like, like with his arm around. <laughs> yeah, the girl. that's yeah. me. <laughs> um. Yeah, so they um they used this technology also to create um you know the realistic lip movements and then they matched them to the uh the game's voice actors. Um this is probably the funniest the next thing here is probably the funniest part of this uh whole thing, which is that um the cutscene of Titus and Yuna kissing was so difficult for Square Enix that they had to uh, license <laughs> they had to uh license out like a different company called Visual Works to do it because <laughs> they were so worried about it. And uh, no, and hold on. To, listen holds to me. Up so, it actually holds up so well. Listen so. to me. The animators uh, there were not experienced with romance scenes. They had never done one before. Um, the director there, Kazu- Kazuyuki uh, Ikumori, stated that the animators uh, had no idea how kissing worked. <laughs> and so they <laughs> sought feedback from uh, some of the younger staff 
at Square Enix, and they uh, called in some female members of the staff from around Square Enix to help them understand. Imagine that. Imagine, like, yeah. your boss comes up to you, like, uh, have you got laid before? Uh, yes. Okay, can you help you're, us? You're, on the, you're on the panel. <laughs> we need you for the task force. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, God. Um, the scene how, w- how do you even approach that? That's wonderful. The scene, the, the, this scene was remade, like, dozens of times, apparently. Like, every time they brought in, like I said, younger people to kind of help them, like, figure out, like, why it was looking so unnatural. And they, um, apparently they nailed it eventually at the end, so... Yeah, I think it looks really good, so, yeah. I love the idea that this was, like, so scary for Square Enix that they had to, like, call in a whole other studio for this one thing. That's so funny. Like, I'm not, I don't know why they didn't just drop the cutscene, but I'm glad they didn't. Um, so, like I said, these games, uh, the cut, the cutscene was, like, the cutscenes were, like, programmed around to match the lip movements for the, uh, the Japanese, uh, voice actors. So the English localization team had a very heavy task on their hands, of um, writing English dialogue and then, like, trying to incorporate it into the modified, like, you know, lip rhythms of the characters. So, um, the uh, a guy on the localization team, um, Alexander Smith, uh, I guess the most American man they could find, no- <laughs> noted that um, they had to keep this the localized sound file at the same duration as the original Japanese to make it work. Oh, no. Because longer oh. files would cause the game to, to crash. So I don't know exactly what you mean. Yeah, so, that's the one aspect that hasn't aged well is that um, the the English voice actors are having to read the lines in the same duration that the Japanese ones did. Yes, which means that some lines are really, really, really rushed, and also every character likes to say "you know" at the end. Because yeah, I guess oh yes, yeah, that yeah, is yeah. exactly yeah. why you're right. Because um, they're trying to extend the length of the audio file. <laughs> Because um, it's either that, or you do the Sonic Adventure Two method of everyone's. I found you, Faker. <laughs> Which is, I, I mean, like obviously the superior experience. But um, <laughs> so this is a quote from him. He described the process of fitting this English speech into the game as something akin to writing four or five movies worth of dialogue entirely in haiku form, and then the actors had to act and act well within those restraints. Well, considering that, they did really bloody well. Yeah. I don't know if everyone takes the piss out of the voice acting, but honestly, I think it holds up really well. I mean, everyone laughs at the, at the laugh scene, but huh. the laugh scene in context is really good. So, huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I know. I know that it's. I know that in context, it, it they are they are fake laughing, but like, it is extremely funny out of context. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I mean, I was it is. I, I don't know. I, I've seen people also making fun of like uh, Yuna whistling into the ocean scene. Like, no, I'm, that that one makes me mad. Yeah, I, I could never, I could never make fun of that. That's such, such a hard because at that point, like the, the tears are already like, yeah. So the uh, original draft version of this had a lot of extra stuff that didn't make it into the final game. They wanted um, wandering enemies visible on the field map that like would have seamless battle transition, like you wouldn't even know when the battle started. Um, and then they wanted an option for players to move around the landscape like during battles. But uh, again, this came back down to hardware limitations that stopped them from doing this, um, which you know you'd of course see that stuff in later Final Fantasy games. I'm I'm glad they didn't manage it. You don't think that would? Oh, I mean, I guess thirteen is where they did all this stuff. And yeah. Maybe it didn't. Maybe people didn't like it as much. I I don't know. I I didn't like it as much in later games. 
Um, yeah, yeah, I definitely. I mean, I, I think in some areas you can kind of feel that they were developed with that in mind. Like, oh, that, I forget what exactly the place is called, but there's like there's that big patch of like grass, I guess. Um, like, yeah, it's like sort of Pokemon. And, yeah, it's like, like wandered the tall field, grass, and you just have to go for it for ages. Like, I'm guessing that they developed that in mind with like having enemies running yeah. around it. They uh they sort of compromised for doing like that motion blur thing where like the camera will like Gagazette, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like the like when you saw like an enemy, like the camera would like spin around with the motion blur thing to kind of make it feel more yeah. seamless. Um which you know is like a compromise, so um also um they uh apparently at the time of the game's development, uh Nojima had gotten like really into cryptography and was like obsessed with it, so he decided to try to work that into the Albed language um and uh he really wanted everyone to like really get into cryptography around the studio <laughs> oh god imagine working in this place where like one minute you're like your boss is like um how how many people have you kissed uh can you help us with this team please? and the next minute he's like oh look at this language i invented oh my god learn it please you know what an environment i love it um so, um, like I said, um, I love it, you know, you know, I love it, you know, <laughs> um, so, uh, Nobu Uemetsu was not the, uh, the lead composer for this game. Uh, he did come in and do a few songs, of course, but the, um, the songs were done by, um, Masashi Hamatsu, Hamatsu, Hamautsu, I think is how you'd say it, sorry, and, uh, Junya Nakano. So, um, they were chosen actually for specifically their the difference in their styles from Uemetsu, um, who had done the last few games, of course. And they they wanted to kind of... They wanted this to be as different from the previous Final Fantasies, like, musically, as the, it possibly could be. Um, do you think that that worked out? That do you, Would you say 100%, that's true? 100%. Like, okay. 100%. Yes. Yeah, I think the... Mm, what? I guess it's just, like... But they, they do so much of the music that, like, naturally it's going to be different. Um, you have like the more, like I guess, classical uh, Final Fantasy music, but then like you have like I guess kind of like hard rock inspired tracks. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Overworld yeah. made it to like yeah. a CD that I played in my car all the time. Yeah, like it definitely has its own identity. You can instantly tell, like, oh, this is a Final Fantasy X song. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, did you guys know that this was um, supposed to be an online game? No. Oh, yeah, I think I vaguely have heard of this before, but yeah, I this... guess I can kind of see it like the big, like like I was saying, like big open worlds and stuff, or like some of them are free. Yeah, th- this wasn't going to be like an MMO or anything, but they wanted it to have online elements where you could like meet with other players in the in the world, and then also incorporate Blitzball online. Um, okay, that that makes more sense. Um, but I think they they sort of cited uh, techni- both technical and time limitations to not being able to pull that off. However. They did create a website uh, for... They created a domain for their online service called playonline.com. They got there first. They got it. (laughs) Wow. Look, I I know it was 2001, but how did they get Probably the same way that Blizzard got, like, battle.net in 1991 or whatever. Um, They just were there first, I guess. (laughs) Um, Amazing. Yeah, so... um, uh, so Square had um, actually pretty low expectations for this game. They did not think it was going to do super well, um, just because um, 
Seven did ex- Seven did like extremely well, and to this day is still the best selling game in the franchise. Or, um, sorry, I think it's second best selling game, right? I'll have to look it up. Yeah, I'd be impressed. I think fif- it's, I'd be impressed with the best selling. No, I think fifteen was the best selling actually by a good margin. Um, but um, at that point, at at least definitely seven was by far the best selling in the franchise. Um, and eight and nine had been like they still sold well, but it was disappointing compared to how seven sold. So they were like, yeah. okay, let's temper our expectations. Like they were hoping t- for lifetime sales of this game to reach two million copies. Um. And they they also, like I said, remember, they were jumping over to the PS2, which um, at the time had a pretty small install base, right? Because the PS2 had just come out. Um, most people were still on the PlayStation 1. So um, they were not expecting it to sell gigantic. Um, so uh, they actually got, um, and I, I'd have to look up and figure out if this was some sort of record at the time. You know how many pre-orders they sold for this fucking thing? How many? No idea. 1.4 million pre-orders. Nice. Wow. <laughs> this this game, like, I don't know what they did. I was not, like, around or, I guess, paying attention for the marketing of this. I don't know if you guys were. Like, I don't know what they did to, to get 1.4 million pre-orders out the door. No, I, I have no idea. I would have been nine at the time, yeah. Yeah. And I Rhee was... was still, like, a fetus, I think. I was three years old when this came out. Well, no, two. I was two years old when this came out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I got a PS2 until like 2005, and even then, the PS2 that we had didn't work with half of the games that existed. So that we had seems to, like, like a bad place to send it in and get a different one and return that one. Yeah, I can yeah. I can remember like by the time I was conscious as a child, um, and I was like playing a lot of games. That was probably like 2005 ish when I was like six. Um, like Final Fantasy 10 was everywhere. I can remember it being really, really huge, and like I tried to play it as a dumb little kid, and I, I got confused and put it down, and went back to Crash Bandicoot. But yeah, I, it must have been successful. So I can remember seeing it everywhere, like years after release. I I think it must have had like a a big sort of display at GameStop, and probably. and there was probably there was maybe like a used copy available to for purchase there for like hopefully less than thirty dollars because I don't know how else I would have had this game. Yeah, I, uh, so, so Ryan, even when you were, like, four years old, you were still kind of living by that philosophy you have now of only buying ten years later and for three dollars. Mm-hmm. I respect that. I, 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 like, feel physically uncomfortable if I pay full price for a game. It if I pay me. full price for a game and, and I am, I'm not going to play it for, like, hundreds of hours, then I'm, I'm mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly the same. Uh, I, I've thro- I've I've spent I spent much more money on much less. Um, is all I'll say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, like I said, crazy pre-orders. Um, this game actually became the first uh, PlayStation Two game to sell two million copies. Hey, yeah. nice. Um, and it was uh, overall uh, over the PS2's lifetime the eighth best-selling game on the PS2. So. Wow. Yeah, good shit. That was a lot. <laughs> a little bit better than expectations then. Yeah. Um, so uh, over the years, um, of course, like the at last count, Square Enix had reported that it sold uh, uh, 8 million. Co- the PS2 copy had sold 8 million copies, um, not counting the other editions of the game, of course, that were re-released later. So 
Uh, com- com- nice. com- yeah, comfortably above 10 million total for sure. Oh, um, easily, easily. So really, really good sales on this one. Um, actually, would have um, it's probably close to how many because I think Final Fantasy VII the original sold like 13 mil or something like that. So probably came up right close to it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I guess it's hard to include like the re-releases because it also comes bundled with Ten Two, so I'm yeah. not sure they would count it separately. But like, if you can if you combine all of them, I think it it could even overtake um, Seven. I'm not too sure though. I'm not sure how they count it when it's bundled. Yeah, hold on, I'm actually checking now. I've I've quoted a lot of things that might not be correct. Um, the okay, gross. I'm looking for units sold. Hold on, here we go. Um, okay, so Final Fantasy uh, 7 here. Um, that's 7, 7, 7. Uh, sold. Holy crap. Uh, so, okay, that's over all the editions of it. Okay. So the, 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 all the editions of Final Fantasy 7, not including the remake, of course, but like the re-releases and stuff, have sold uh, 18 million copies. Wow. Wow. So pretty good. The original PlayStation version on the PS1 sold 10 million, though. Um, That's very good for the time. Very good. Um, And then I'm curious, uh, Final Fantasy VIII uh, sold uh, 7 7 PC, 7 compilation. Okay, so VIII sold um, about uh, 8.6 million on uh, on the PlayStation 1. And then uh, nine only did about five point nine million. So yeah, you can kind of oh, see wow, there. Oh wow, like, that's a dip. Yeah, yeah there's a bit of a dip there. So yeah, um, Final Fantasy X's full lifetime sales here. Uh, okay, so it sold eight point five million on the PS2, and then yeah, okay, um, yeah, Ten Two actually sold quite well too, six point seven million. So yeah, it did. Like yeah, that's pretty good. Um, anyway. Um, so yeah, due to this, um, uh, oh, also, um, obviously, like I said, this game was met with overwhelming commercial um, and critical success. It actually uh, has a 92 on Metacritic, and it has um, 90 plus scores from almost every publication in the world. Um, it is very rare to see like universal acclaim this wide, so I'm I'm kind of shocked, honestly. Um, it also won Game of the Year at the Japanese Game Awards, um, and was. Um, at, this was before, of course, we had like our game awards here in the U.S. Um, they they did still have the um, Golden Joystick Awards at the time, which were this was nominated for for Game of the Year, but did lose to Grand Theft Auto Three. I don't know how you feel about that. It's a crime. Yeah, yeah. Pain. Sad. That's all I can say. Pain. Um, yeah, and of course, due to this uh, success, overwhelming success, uh, Square Enix did release a direct sequel, Final Fantasy X-2. So that is set. The first to... direct sequel. <laughs> yes, that was their first, one. their first ever direct sequel. Um, set two years after Final Fantasy X, um, and uh, kind of stars Yuna, our uh, deuterogonist from the first game. So it uh, didn't sell as well, like I said, but still did extremely well. Um, also considered to be a commercial success, maybe not so much critically. Um, so, yeah, I, I do want to ask you too about like Final Fantasy X two, whatever experience you have with that. Well, I, I I mean it came out like in two thousand three, right? Yes, that's correct. So I I mean it was it was already out before that I before I had started Final Fantasy X, but so I already there was like a little bit of a buzz around I think that it wasn't a good game and I shouldn't play it. 
but um, that I think was solidified. I used to ride my bike over to my friend Nick's house and I would, you know, drop my bike in the side yard and like knock on his window and he would open it up and then I would just climb through. And then he would be playing some game that he had rented from Blockbuster. <clears throat> and one one of these times it was Final Fantasy X-2. And uh, he, he told me that all, all he had a turbo controller and all he had to do was, uh, he was in the middle of doing this uh, and the X button was taped down. And all, all he had to do was just leave it there and then like, you know, eat a snack or whatever. And then when he came back, the, the, the battle would be over and he would have won. Yeah, that, that that perfectly sums up the gameplay in Ten Two. Um, yeah, this, yeah. This this game is sort of a a pop idol simulator in a way, from what I understand. Yeah. So I I like I, as I said, I played in twenty nineteen. I was playing it on the PS three. Um, the person who had got me into it was very much like, "Don't play Ten Two. It's a bad game. You will not like it." Um, I'm a very spiteful person, so I was like, no, oh, I'm going to love it. Because um, I, I just looked at the box art, I looked at the vibe, I heard some of the music, I was like, I love everything about this game's tone. I, like, I'm like i perfectly fine with having a very melancholic experience of the first one, and then having a more upbeat second game. I'm, especially with uni, you know, I'm completely on board with that. Um, however, the way they handle it is really bad. There's not really... I don't know, like, it, it, the characters are acting very strange. Um... So I don't want to, like, Nirav, do you want to, like, block your ears to spoilers quickly? I won't spoil it too much. I am um, not worried about spoiling this game. <laughs> so the whole concept is that Yuna is um, trying to find Titus. Um, she comes across some, I guess, footage at the beginning of the game, which suggests that he is being held captive. And you'd think that would, you know, this is someone she's presumed is dead i suppose and she's just found out he's alive and possibly in great distress um she does not act like someone who's just found out her ex-boyfriend is being held captive <laughs> she acts like someone who you know like the whole meme in, about rpgs where like you have this really pressing mission and you can just piss about doing side quests um well that's this game it's none of the characters <clears throat> like none of the characters are like overly fast that everything is super pressing and I, I only gave it about five hours of my time and i was just like why are they talking like this why are they doing this um there was i think that the when i when i drew the line was when there was a hot tub scene with the fee free like uh. central female characters and i was like what's going on here <laughs> you know <laughs> why are we doing this why are we reducing ourselves to this um and it was just a, it was a bit creepy um like I said, I, I I have never wanted to like a game more than this because I love the tone, I love the fact that it's got three female characters, I love the fact that Yuna is in charge, that's great. Um, then I found out it's got multiple endings as well and to get the true ending you have to do all this shy and I'm not sure I've got it in me to do all this. <laughs> I am, I'm tired. Also, I, just, I don't like the battle system. It's got this new system where it's like, it's not like turn-based, is it? It's like a mix of like real time um and it's kind of like not in its infancy with that and like you can change classes by changing the characters outfits it's very bizarre didn't like it <laughs> didn't really sure what i was meant to be doing um i'm, I'm determined to give it another chance because i know it really really has its fans and some people absolutely swear by 10 too but who knows <laughs> it's just it's it's so jarring and not in a good way Mm -hmm. yeah i can uh you i think you've successfully turned me off this game um 
So <laughs> like I don't want to. I, I feel like maybe you'd like it. This, like I said, people really uh, stand by this game and tell me that I'm gonna love it. But I have a. No. I, I think I think I've had a hard enough uh, <laughs> time liking Final Fantasy without all of this stuff. That's true. That's um, true. So okay. Um, let me see here. Um, so what I do want to do is give you guys any last opportunities to talk about like the story and like what it, I guess, meant, has meant to you on a personal level. <laughs> God, it's a hard one to get into. Um, I guess, like again, just the, the the focus on like relationships with family members, like particularly parents, is so it holds up so incredibly well. Um, if you're like going, it's, it's kind of like seven, but I would say more so like if you're playing this at a very, um, I guess like a time of change in your life is so good for that. Like if you're going through a breakup, um, if you're like, I don't know, falling out of a family member, it's just a game that- You're just really... in middle school. Yeah, exactly. If you're going through the absolute hell that is your teenage years or even your early twenties in my case, uh, it's, it re really speaks to you. and. You do have to give it a bit of time. Um, I like. I kept thinking, you know, oh, the, you know, this story is so dark, and these characters aren't really reacting to it. And then there's a scene where T just just screams at Oren about how everything's unfair, and like everyone calls him whiny, but that was so realistic. That's when I was, I really instantly was like, I'm gonna love this game because, you know, he's if T is going for this. Everyone calls him whiny, but he's going for like this really unfair situation. It's horrible. Of course, he's going to be whiny. Why wouldn't he be? Yeah. And he's kind. Of, he's kind of like this inversion of like the typical JRPG protagonist because he's you know they're meant to be stoic and, but he's not. <laughs> he's not. He is very emotional, and I think that's a good thing. You know, it's he's very upfront of his emotions as well. And I guess the story is about him having a more sensitive side as well, and that's a good thing. And oh my god, the, the confrontation with his dad so good don't want to spoil much about it but such good writing i adore it nice. the, I, the, the crux of everything is just like this this like i mean it, it's all i mean he's like he's this star athlete who's a famous guy or whatever i mean he 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 can do anything that he wants the whole world is his oyster and like you know he he finds himself in this fantasy world and he's he decides he's going to be the hero like you know you would do in a video game and then it's like the crux of the story is just him slowly realizing that no i can't get a good ending yes that is and then the end is him accepting that but yeah like... well yeah him him getting the best ending that he could yeah and that and that meant not having all the glory that he yeah originally wanted at the start Oh, it, it it means like sacrifice in the end. Yeah, and so and I think what I like about it is it's like its portrayal of like um like his relationship with dad is is so good because when he's like reunited him again trying to do as little spoilers as I can here when he is reunited with dad he doesn't like fall into his arms and say I love you dad and like that he's like oh I'm so sorry it's like no he straight up says I hate yeah. you and like he he says it in like a in like a sad way like I hate you you know yeah well or, yeah I, I hate you I understand what you did but the, then he gives him like a high five and he's like all right. Yeah, exactly, and I'm, I'm glad that he was allowed. Like, the, the story didn't shame him for not, because it, it kind of shows why his dad was as distant as he was. 
Yeah. But it doesn't show it in a way like, oh, don't you feel like a dick now, Titus? You know, don't you feel like a whiny little baby for wanting your dad to be around? It's like, no, the story's like, yeah, okay, his dad did some good, his dad did some bad. Um, and Titus is allowed to feel let down. Um, and he's allowed to express that to his dad and they still have a good ending and it's, it's I guess, good. <laughs> as good as it could be. Um, but it's handled so, so, so well. I think nice. it's as like a little boy specifically who, you know, is supposed to, I think probably at this time, think like e-romance. This, the, I, I, you know, got into this and I'm like, oh no, I think I maybe am very romantic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that romance scene absolutely killed me. I can, I can just like, remember getting really upset, thinking, oh my god, I want yeah. my love to be as a, a fraction as romantic as this, you know, especially when it was the kissing scene. Um, and I mean, thanks, I've got a wonderful boyfriend now, but at the time I did, so it was like pain. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, it's such a cathartic game as well. It's really cathartic. Nice. All right, so let's uh, close out. Are there enough ghosts in this one? Yes. There are a lot of ghosts. There's, there's, there are a lot there's of There's thousands and thousands of ghosts. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. There's like that whole ghost world uh, and everything. Yes. Well, okay. I, I think I, I think it maybe depends on how we're uh, defining ghost. But, I mean, the, the main character is a ghost. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A whole lot of ghosts. Too many ghosts, one would say. The, the, yeah. the, the fact that there are ghosts is the bit that makes me sad. So. Oh, um, I'm so sorry about your ghosts. <laughs> I, I wish them the best um <laughs> thank you all right well let's uh let's go ahead and close out so um yeah thank you guys for for joining us um so um you can find us at uh gameluster.com uh you know you can find us at youtube.com slash gameluster of course uh on twitter as well and then um you can find our podcast on twitter at gamebusters pod we are uh we are there sometimes and uh, yeah, so um, please, you know, recommend to friends, let them know if you think they would enjoy our show and uh, give us a rating or review on iTunes if you have like an Apple account or whatever. Um, we really appreciate that. So yeah, um, Ryan, do you have any plugs? What are you working on right now? Um, I Well, there's a, I guess, another thing on frosty47.bandcamp.com if anyone cares to take a look. Okay. Nice. Um uh re uh what you got so at the gamer we've just announced uh, officially announced dragon age week now um God. i've got a, i know <laughs> it's not even my doing i just work with two other people who love dragon <laughs> age it's just it's amazing um i've got two really cool interviews to that's gonna go up um as part of that i can't say who it's with but it's big so um yeah wait for that that i think it's starting august 16th so soon <laughs> so soon that i'm getting worried but i'm gonna start writing away so what we're essentially doing is for a whole week we are going to be publishing interviews and features all about the first three dragon age games um so we've got like some details never seen before details actually on original story drafts um so that's going to be really cool, like things that got cut from the game, things that could have been in it. Um, like, well, especially with the first one, Origins, like, because that went for a lot of free drafts and we've heard some really cool stories from the people that worked. So yeah, if you're into that, check that out. We actually did the same with Mass Effect in February, as before I started actually. But like, that's how we found out about like a whole bunch of the characters being queer and not making that into the final game. So it was sort of got like similar stuff like that. So be sure to check that out, The Gamer. 
Okay, great. Um, I don't really have a lot to plug. Um, I guess. Um, I. What are we doing? What's going on in the world? How's Game Luster doing? I think it's okay. I'm not really sure. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, I've not been able to do much. I'm not really doing much, like, or any video stuff anymore. Unfortunately, my life has gotten extremely complicated. Um, and I am maybe, hopefully, starting a new job soonish. I don't know. I'm going to hear back, I think, on Monday. Um, yay. Good vibes. Good vibes. We shall see. Um, but um, I also am still getting brain surgery in like three weeks, so that's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, I guess that's about it. Um, so, yeah, thank you for um, joining us for this. Um, yeah, I, I guess we'll uh, we'll be back. Um, so I think we're trying to double up on some recordings for right now, and. Um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll figure out. There are probably some uh, some changes coming um, on the winds. I hear them rustling. Um, hmm. Many people saying this. Yes. Yeah, I'm hearing a lot of people saying that. So um, yeah, I guess does anyone have anything they want to close out on? Anyone uh, have any uh, advice for the listeners at home? Play Final Fantasy X. Please ignore yeah. all the jokes. Just play it. Give it a chance. It, it will be good. I promise you. You you have it is time. Good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. Um, does anyone have any sort of like catchphrase from the game that they can kind of throw out right now to close us out? You know, <laughs> so what the instantly that comes to mind. Um, oh god, there's, a, there's like a few lines with you know at the end that come to mind, but like they're all spoilers. So can you can you can you guys do you think, do you think that there you guys can like sort of like recreate the the laugh scene <laughs> no please i'm staying around my boyfriend's family i, I want them to like me <laughs> and they're just gonna hear me like doing ah, Peter's laugh. Ah, ah, <laughs> that's like that's the, gonna get that's all there we go that's a good one one ah 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 <laughs> all right whatever <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. All right. I really hope that one day you, Todd Howard loosens his grip on you and you can be free. I, I, I was wishing for that, but I think freedom is the concept of the freedom is is scary. I kind of like I kind of like being trapped here. I feel safe. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs>